The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Absent Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to the Habs and Finals podcast and the top 25 under 25 place 10. For the first time ever, we're going to do an episode of the 10th place only. And uh, I'm joined with two fantastic guests here. It's uh, McKean Hockey. And uh, right now, I think you've been one of the most prominent guests of this year, Mate. Mate Derai, uh, thank you for joining <laughs> me. <laughs> Hello, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's my third time on this podcast. I think it's always ha- I'm always happy to join it and hop on it. So three, thanks three for having me. Three times in five months, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's nice. And uh, we're also joined by uh, Jakob Homola. Is that how you pronounce your surname, Jakob? Jakob, I think. Uh, it's not uh, easy, also for Slovaks, I think. <laughs> With I, a special it letter, Finnish to me almost. So. <laughs> well, uh, I was told that Homola means uh, in Finnish Gayland. We're joined, and, and uh, it's going to be interesting to hear. And we're obviously here talking about the tenth player on the list, and one of the top players making their debut on the list. And since I'm joined by two Slovak hockey writers and or former hockey writer in your case, Jakob, we're going to talk about Philip Mashar, obviously. Very interesting pick. And I don't know if you've seen the, the draft video from, from Montreal. There are a few different reasons uh, spinning around and, and, and being considered for why they went with Mashar first over Beck, picked in as number 33. I think it had a little bit to do with Picking a European player in the first round, you have more control of where they can play the next four years. Uh, can you see that, or, or do you think it had pure skill as well, or, or anything else in, in, in regards to the pick? Yeah, I think so. I agree with what Ken Hughes said at the draft day when I watched the video conference. He said that he just simply went with PPA. Because uh, journalists were asking him about if it has something to do with Slavkovsky being Meshar's childhood friend and another Slovak. I think it did have something to do with that, but I was really high on Meshar. I had been high on him the whole year. I had him even higher than, than 26, so I was pleased with the decision. There were obviously some, some good players available. I didn't watch that much of, of Owen Beck. But I think it was a good pick. And as you mentioned, you have more control on where he will play the next year. We don't know that yet. There are, I would say, two or three big options. So we'll see where the Canadians will send him and how how good the pick was. I think it went well. Jakob, what do you think about the pick? 
Well, to be honest, I, I've never thought about uh, picking Meshar in that way you mentioned. I mean mm -hmm. that uh, if you are picking uh, the European, you can control uh, where he can go in the following season. Uh, I, I, I've, never, I've never been thinking about uh, picking a player this way. But in terms of skill, I think he, he's first-rounder. But the one thing is what I do think, and the other thing is what uh, basically the scouts, yeah, <laughs> basically the scouts and and NHL teams uh, think. Uh, to be honest, I I was hoping for him uh, to be picked in the first round, but I didn't expect that. Uh, I was thinking uh, also. I I um, I had the opportunity to to express my uh, opinion for uh, Slovak uh, one Slovak daily, and I think uh, picking two Slovaks for Montreal, I think there is a bit of connection with Michal Krupa, which is one of the uh, one of the European amateur scouts, and I think he's been he's been working for Montreal for uh, more than a decade, and uh, he's he's uh, a great. Uh, coach so he basically uh he studied coaching in in slug university as far as i know so uh, and he runs some uh, he runs still some uh hockey school and uh i think he coached meshar in those uh pv tournaments and and i think his uh opinion or his view uh was pretty evident in terms of the final decision of Canadians. Yeah. All right. It's, 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 it's a very interesting pick. Obviously uh, most of, since this is a top 25 under 25, it's, it's also including NHL players to finish at 10. It's, it's quite an achievement for a new player and, and just coming out of, at age 18. Um, one thing that, that we are always hearing about Montreal is the midget team or, or the, the small team. Um, what makes Meshar so great in that regard? Because he he's still measuring in at five ten still, and and I think that he will grow. But but he's played against men and and all that. But what makes him good in in last year's uh, extra liga? I think his hockey sense and hockey IQ. I think that's the biggest asset. Uh, yeah, obviously he's he's quite a good skater. Uh, obviously, the physical play is not on that level uh, as it should be for NHL. For uh, I think he's not NHL ready so far for uh, upcoming season. But his hockey IQ and uh, hockey sense in general is probably his biggest asset, and that's also the reason why he was able to play in Extralga in the basically past two seasons, despite uh, despite his size. Mm. Mate, you want to add to that? Well, yeah, I think he just has all the desired offensive skills you look for in a player in these days. As as Eko mentioned, he has an extraordinary hockey IQ and he has very good hands. He's very skilled. He also has an underrated shot. I think he has a very good shot despite not scoring as, as many goals as you might expect. But he did play with men for the past few years as an undersized forward. So... He did not always have the first line minutes. He mostly played on the third line, I think, which which granted him, I would say, new new opportunities to to develop his physical game, which is, 
I would say under average right now. That's like his main weakness. I would say it comes with the fact he is undersized, that he doesn't play the same way as Adam Sikora, for example, who's was a physical machine and and plays very aggressive. That's not the case of Meshar, but he did play well in in the Slovak league. I think his his best games came at the end of the season in, in playoffs, but then he got injured and couldn't get more games or didn't play in the national team at World Championships where he could have shown if he had been called or hadn't been injured. So that might have helped his case, but it's, it's all past now. So he did play well in those games I, I've seen him. We're happy to have him in, in Montreal, obviously. And, and as you guys both mentioned, two years in a, in a men's league, even if you're not the top physical specimen, you're going to be come stronger you're going to work on your core muscles to build up that balance and, and not be pushed off the puck easily um if you compare his first season which had arguably same kind of games uh but he had um a couple of more goals but less assists in his second year what was the main difference between those two years was it the usage or was it the the uh the, your uh, turn, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say he was more ready in the the second season to play with man. He was called up to the man's national team, which he was not in his first year. But Nemec and Slavkovsky were called up to the national team with, to play with man, and they even played the World Championship in their in their pre-draft season. And that was not the case of Meshar, who had to build his muscle, had to work on his physical play which was notably better in in the extra-legal playoffs, the, the last games of his last season. And I also think he gained a lot of confidence from playing with Van. It was, I would say, obvious from from watching him play and even hearing him and and doing interviews with him that he he's still humble, but he also gained a lot of confidence and, and self-assurement, which is, I would say, a necessity for for top hockey players. So that were the main main, I would say, main changes or main improvements in his game and just just the overall just the overall offensive skills and and the, the desired tools. Poprad well, is, is oh well, sorry. I I just mentioned one thing. Uh he was a better player, I, I, I think, in the last season, which is mm-hmm. basically he's one, he was one year older. And at the age of uh, 16, 17, this one year makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, points might be quite misleading, also considering the overall quality of Oprat mm-hmm. in the 2020-21 season. They, they made it to the finals, uh, whereas last year, I think they were eliminated in the first round of playoffs. So also the team itself struggled a little bit in the last season, and that I think also affected uh, the points contribution of of, uh, of Philip Mesher. Looking at the, the the Slovak league in general, um, at what level would you say that is in in Europe, and and maybe comparable levels in in Canada? I don't know. I don't know. I I wouldn't be. Uh, I I would 
quite appreciate if uh, Slovak Extraga turns to be a kind of development linga, uh, league. I wouldn't be wouldn't be against that. Uh, I don't want to compare uh, Slovak league to other European league. Maybe maybe it's on in the fifth place. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, comparing to, for example, major junior, because usually there are two two different ways for Europeans or mm-hmm. especially for Slovaks how to be how to get to the NHL. Why a major junior league in Canada or uh, why a men's league in Europe, especially here in Slovakia, because the Slovak teams they started to give a lot of opportunities to Slovak players recently, uh, to young players recently. Uh, major junior is different. Uh, the position of player is different, especially keep in mind uh, select players are most most of them are imports. You have only two import spots uh, for one team, and you don't want to use this uh, import spot uh, for the player who doesn't deliver the result, doesn't deliver the skill, doesn't deliver uh, points. So, uh, and that's sometimes a problem for Slovak players because if they are going through this structure uh, within one club, because the Slovak or European um, hockey development system or uh, club structure is extremely different and it's you can't compare it to, to the system in North America. You are still within the one organization and you are moving uh, from U6, U7 team uh, to to the uh, men's team, uh, you are in one organization. This organization does know you well, and they probably sometimes, if you show the quality throughout those 10, 15 years you are playing hockey, they will protect you in some way. In major junior, you are going uh, as an import, and major junior, that's hard business. I mean, those organizations, they, they, they do want to win a Memorial Cup. They do have kind of three or four year cycle. Uh, and at the end of the cycle, they want to be a contender for a Memorial Cup. And uh, basically, they, they want to use those uh, two import sports, spots for uh, skilled and quality player. Mm-hmm. And uh, you basically cannot compare the position of 17 year old kid within the Slovak men team and 70 year 17 year old kids from Slovakia in major junior team so uh, in terms of that uh, basically you you cannot compare major junior to to Slovak men league or you can compare but it's it, but it is extremely difficult. I don't want to compare Slovak extraga to for example AHL I think AHL mm-hmm. is better and uh, also that hockey system or the system of league is quite different which makes it extremely difficult to compare it yeah i I agree it's it's always a question we get though from 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 listeners and and from people in 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 articles where does this rank among other uh, league and 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 you keep forgetting also that as you mentioned the the up and down movement within that club system that is in Europe that you can play under 18 one year, one day and under 20 the other or under 20 and then go up to the men's league for a few games and come back. And it's, it's no transaction needed. There is 
it's 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 a simple way and and it's it's a great development opportunity i think for for young players to to slowly work themselves in um you mentioned that an extra league is turning into maybe more of a a um, development league are there and, and to spin out of mesha for for a second is there any other players that we need to to be aware of now that uh, montreal is is vacuum cleaning uh Slovakia, Slovakia for for talent. Uh, you know what? Uh, there is a lot of talk about uh, Dalibor Dvorsky. He's not playing in Slovakia, but uh, uh, usually I rather talk about the players who are maybe hidden, who are not uh, mm. uh, under the spotlight. I I'm a really big fan of uh, Juraj Pekarčík, which is quite unknown player. Uh, he barely, well, he he's I think born in September 12th, so he made it to to the um, next year draft, I think in terms of uh, the date date threshold. Yeah. And uh, he might get the opportunity uh, to play in uh, in, uh, uh, Slovak League this year. So for Nitra, uh, basically, Nitra was uh, in a, in the past two, three seasons kinds of kind of example or kind of kind of uh, team who who gave the most opportunities for Slovak young players to play the men's league. And I'm a big fan of him. I don't know if he's gonna be drafted, but I think in terms of his skills, he he might uh, get amongst those seven round of uh, NHL entry draft. What does McKean Hockey say? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think there are three players I could count so so fast to keep an eye on for the next two drafts, not not just the next one. Uh, when it comes to Nitra, there is another player who's, I would say, more on the spotlight than Pekarczyk, definitely, and that's Andre Molnar, who is considered uh, a guy a guy for the early rounds. I think he he has the talent to to sneak out to sneak into the first or second, but he needs to work on, on some things, obviously. There's also Martin Mishak, who's a late born 2004. So he was not available for the last draft, but for the next one. And his well his uh, place where he will be or he will not be drafted depends Mostly on how he will be used in his in his extra league team, and there is also the younger brother of of Martin Fromiak, who's a Kings prospect, and his name is his Jakub Fromiak. He's a defenseman, unlike his brother, and he's late born in 2005, so he's he's eligible for the 2024 NHL draft. And it's an interesting thing: the, all three of these players have been drafted to the CHL in the last import draft, but none of them will report in the season, or at least for now, which is um, an unlike situation when it comes to, compared to the last years, because uh, I would say like five years ago, most most luck players were reporting to the CHL, but as, as Jakub already mentioned, select teams tend to give more chances and more ice time or opportunities to select young players, and they see what's what's possible if they play well when they are given the chance with men because we had the second overall pick, then another first round break in Meshar and the second round pick in Sikora. 
Seo Yun from the Slovak League, you can be drafted at high place. Now, also like gets back to your previous question mm-hmm. uh, in terms of comparing the Slovak League. Yeah, it's it's obviously hard to compare it with with other competitions and leagues, especially those those major junior leagues. But just to get a better understanding for for people who are not from Slovakia who don't watch it, I would say it's uh, when it comes to the national America uh, to North American uh, leagues, it's between the AHL and East Coast Hockey League. I would say it's it's worse than the AHL, but it's also better than the East Coast. And in in Europe, I would say the closest comparable is is the Austrian Ice Hockey League, which is just it's called Ice Hockey League. And even though the the styles are different, since there are more more imports, I would say I think it's ten imports allowed or the team in the Ice Hockey League, or even more. They play more straightforward North American style, while in Slovakia it's, it's still more skilled and, and less physical. But I would say that's that's closest comparable. Maybe the Swedish second tier hockey also in Skan, but I would say that's a better league. Just from my understanding. Yeah. Uh, going back to Meshar, um, what kind of weaknesses can can we say he, he possesses? Obviously it's the physical attributes right now, but but in terms of play, maybe? Well, the thing is, he doesn't have that many weaknesses. That's why I was so high on him. Maybe the defensive play. He's he's just regarded as an offensive player. I don't think he's he's a two-way forward or not, not so, I would say not very, not very good, but his main, uh, his main strength is in offense of his play. And obviously the physical play, but he has or he had improved it in in past, and maybe I know maybe he could use his shot more because as I said his his shot is quite underrated. He can reissue the puck. He doesn't want to leave him open, and he has the other tools you you would like to have when when drafting forward in the first round. So the physical play, obviously the the size and the things that come with it, and maybe the defensive play. I think that's that's also weakness. Maybe he wants to be uh, too fancy sometimes. Uh, I mean, he he's got the really good hands, so uh, he wants to show that. Uh, but probably playing in uh, in North America, especially in the NHL in the future, I think uh, uh, I don't want to say he will uh, need to get rid of it, but uh, probably he he will not, or definitely he will not have enough time to do that uh as he have it as uh, he has it in in uh, in Slovakia especially in in junior league so uh maybe i don't want to say it's i don't want to say it's uh weakness but maybe it's something he needs to get used to when uh, some when uh, he will be playing in uh, in North America in an angel in the future no the 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 defensive play he's obviously a winger so so it might not be the most important thing but uh, with his hockey IQ can can either of you see him improve easily on that because of the hockey IQ well i think his defensive play is not a big problem uh, i little bit disagree with mate but yeah obviously it, it always always uh, can be better but uh, definitely that's true that his hockey IQ is uh, or may help him in the future in terms of uh, developing his uh, defensive game Uh, 
well, I think that's kind of also his hockey IQ. It's it's a big connection between hockey IQ and defensive play, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So I think, yeah, definitely that might help him in the future. Yeah, he's, but I, he's but smart I don't think that, But I don't think that uh, his defensive mm-hmm. play is uh, that bad that should be considered his weakness. Yeah, I want to hope on that. I just think he's a real smart kid, as you said, but I just don't consider his defensive play a, a, I would say, a virtue, a, mm-hmm. a, a, I would say, a plus. Because uh, when we have to mention something bad, it usually comes to the physical play and the, the lack of it. So if we have to some, go go deeper, I think the defensive play, you, you wouldn't use him as a prime penalty kill option I think though he's fast he's smart he has good hands but I don't think you would put him into that position so that's that's something that can be improved but I do not uh, see that type of player in him he's more like an offensive threat and the the interesting thing is that he started as a center he I would say still considers himself a center so he's not a proper winger he was pushed to the wing in extraliga because it's always easier for young undersized forward to play on the wing than on the center. And even it comes to face-off and just just everything, the whole the whole system of play. So that's another thing. Can you see him moving into center down the line, or or do you think that they will keep pushing him out to to wing? Yeah, eventually. I don't know the, the intentions of of the Habs, but. I think it will depend on where he will play in the next season. If he's in, in the juniors with the Kitchener Rangers, I think they have a, they have a first-line center. And I think it's Francesco Pinelli. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think uh, it's him. So he might have another year on the wing, but it obviously depends on the Canadians. I think he would make a good center. He's the undersized, but he's smart. He can really control the play and the pace of the game. So... He could make a nice center too. I think he had some games at at the sea in the last season, but that's that's completely up to the Habs. But I think with that many years he played in the middle, he could be used as a center in the future as well. Maybe that's the Habs' intention. And I mean, like, let's face it, as eighteen year old, you might not have grown, finished growing at that point. So, so you might get a growth spurt as well. Yeah, yeah, that's that's possible. Um. You mentioned it a little bit, and and uh, I just want to hear your thoughts about it. If if uh, if only at towards the end of the podcast, but uh, you mentioned Kitchener Rangers. Uh, the option is obviously also to 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 keep him in the AHL. What would you guys think is the best development for for Meshar at, at this time, and the knowledge you have about him, having played against men already? Would it still be a too big step to go to the A, or is it better to, to go to OHL? Is it or CHL? I'm not a big fan of major junior route uh, for flag players. I mentioned it. Uh, it's not easy uh, for flag players to to adjust. Uh, not well, even even not hockey wise, but uh, in terms of in terms of uh, totally different position within the team and different culture. I mean, uh, it's not easy to to um, to be able to hold this uh, uh, and handle this leadership role because basically, if you are import uh, 
And if you are NHL drafted import, you have to be a leader within the major junior league. That's that's not no question, especially if you are first round uh, NHL entry draft picks. So it's not easy to handle this role. And some slot players probably uh, or in the past didn't meet the expectation of uh, manager of uh, managers of uh, major junior teams and they were waived during the season or they they just spent one season uh, playing or not playing or maybe uh, being a healthy scratch and uh, after one season they returned back to Slovakia mm-hmm. I don't think this is gonna be a, a Meshar's case he is in terms of hockey IQ I think there is a big connection between IQ in a, in a real life or how to say that in in an ordinary life uh, he's a really smart kid, uh, not just on the ice, but off the ice as well. And I think that might help him to adjust or to to overcome those adverti- uh, adversities uh, regarding the playing in uh, Major Junior League. I don't know if Major Junior League is the best choice. Well, I don't know if he has the opportunity to to choose so where he's going to be playing in the next season. Uh, I don't consider Major Junior as a best development league, but in terms of adjusting to maybe some North American culture differences or maybe some North American hockey style, even though I think that those uh, differences between North America and, and Europe in hockey style is, uh, in hockey style is getting getting thinner uh, every each and every season. In terms of uh, that, it might be interesting choice, but I rather I would be more satisfied or rather I would rather see him playing uh, in Europe either in Slovakia or in Sweden or Finland in the men's league. I don't think that he's good enough at this moment to play in AHL. But I don't know what's the intention of Montreal and if they uh, if they if they are able to protect him in a, in a certain way within the level team in the AHL. Uh, it might be an interesting option as well, but I would rather see him playing in Europe for uh, for next season. Based on what Philip said to me when we had the big interview after the draft, he he told me there were three options at that point, which were the either the AHL, the OHL, or or Europe. As you said, I think there were two Swedish teams from the SHL, but. Uh, according to new information, either from GM or just just from the the main board of Montreal, they I think they they send it down to just North American clubs, either the OHL or HL. And based on that, I would rather see him in juniors because, as as Jakub said, he is at this moment not good enough or not skilled enough to play in in top in a top six role in the AHL and. I think he projects as a top six player based on that. He's he's a bit undersized, he's really skilled, and he has all the offensive tools. So I think he should adjust to this role and obviously the North American ice and then culture and so on. And as I said, he mostly played on the third line the last years in Poprat with bigger and stronger opponents. So 
I would say let him dominate the OHL for one year, play on the first line, get used to the top minutes, and and be the the man on I would say the the all situations, the offensive situations. So I think the OHL could be the best option for now. And well, I think he as a first rounder drafted out of Europe, he doesn't have to stay two years. In oh. in the OHL, so after one year, he might he might level up to the OHL or mm. another league, even if it's in Europe or or North America. So I would consider this to be the best option for now. And mm. uh, there's a lot of talk, obviously, about a certain other Slovak player in Montreal, Juraj Slavkovsky. Um, they having that bond already, living abroad in North America. Would it, in that regard, be better to have him in in Laval, which is close to Montreal and and close to URI that will either be in Laval or or Montreal as well, um, for for development reasons and and protecting uh, their asset and and learning the North American. I think URI will have a very easy transition into the North American league. It's not that, but but I'm not sure that you would want to play him in the NHL directly out of the gate. I think he will get nine games and and. Uh, and and maybe then being sent down but i'm i'm thinking more like you have a friend there you might not get as homesick etc cetera, etc cetera. well you're right you're right it's always it's always good to have a kind of a friend close to you mm-hmm. uh, especially when you are playing uh, more than thousands uh, th- thousands of kilometers uh, from your home country but uh, when you step on the ice, basically, it's only up to you. Uh, no one can help you, or basically, your alignments can, mm-hmm. can help you. But uh, most of the time, it's uh, you have to you have to prove yourself that you are a good hockey player. So, in terms of in terms of those off ice uh, off ice stuff, I think yeah, it might be helpful. But uh, in terms of hockey, I don't see big difference uh, between having or not having Juraj uh, Slavkovsky close to him. It might be easier to to incorporate into the Canadian society as well, being alone and, and learning by those mistakes and getting other friends. They are different personalities. Yeah, yeah definitely Juraj will, will not have any problem with uh, <laughs> living or to, to adjust to different uh, culture. Philippe Mechard, well, he's not... He's not talkative as Uri. Probably all journalists uh, have have already noticed that. But it doesn't mean that uh, Philip is uh, well. He's a really smart kid, and sometimes smart people uh, don't talk too much. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the reason. <laughs> Why did you look at me when you said that? <laughs> <laughs> well, but we are in a different position at this moment. So uh, if we are recording podcasts, we need to talk. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well. You've been look, uh, listening to Jakob Pomala, a former co- a contributor to Slovak Prospects. I always enjoy the work. I'm, I'm, I know you have other uh, strings on your guitar right now, but uh, we're looking forward to hear more hockey about you. Or from Thank you for the opportunity of joining uh, you. We, we also have our uh, famous guest and uh, regular <laughs> contributor soon to Eyes of the Prize, Matej Derai. I'll be sure to, to link both of their uh, profiles in the podcast article so you can follow them for more insight into Slovak hockey and uh, for Mate reasons also into the draft 
<laughs> Thank you, Patrick. It's, it's always great to join you. And thanks for having us on it again. Uh, thank you. It's our pleasure.